Welcome to the Talent Pool Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Kaplan, founder and CEO of Kaplan Partners, a retained executive search and board advisory firm headquartered in Philadelphia. My special guest today is Silvana Battaglia, Executive Vice President and Chief Human Resources Officer for Amerisource Bergen. Before joining Amerisource Bergen, Silvana served in a senior leadership HR role with Aramark and has previous experience with both Dane Zimmerman and Merck. Welcome, Silvana. Thank you for having me. So let's start with the company itself, Marisource Bergen. It might be the biggest company that many people have never heard of. Folks might be surprised to know that it's number 10 on the Fortune 500 list with over 200 billion in sales. Take just a moment and tell us a little bit about the company. Marisource Bergen is so much more than a pharmaceutical wholesale distributor. Many people just know us as that wholesale distributor who plays a really critical role in the healthcare supply chain. So everything from distribution of medicines from the manufacturer to their destinations, whether that be pharmacies, hospitals, health systems, clinics, but we really are more than that. We have a whole array of pharmaceutical and healthcare solutions and services, everything from clinical trial services to patient adherence and programs to biopharma and pharmaceutical consulting services. And so we really have a large global footprint and have grown that footprint through the pandemic with the acquisition of Alliance Healthcare. So Alliance Healthcare is a wholesale pharmaceutical distribution business based in Europe. We acquired Alliance Healthcare from Walgreens Boots Alliance. And so we acquired that during the pandemic and we're about almost two years into the integration of those companies that have really established the global footprint we have today. So with a global company that large and complex, how has AB responded to the rapidly shifting talent landscape over the last several years? It's really been a journey and a journey about listening to our team members and listening to what it is they're doing and not just like how they're doing, but how they're feeling and and what it is they expect. And so we've had a great success through the pandemic in terms of ensuring we have strong business continuity, which is critical in healthcare supply chain. Nobody wants to be in a pandemic and and can't get their life-saving medications. We have the great privilege and honor of being the sole distributor of every COVID therapy on the market. And so we have to make sure we can get those medicines to where they need to be. So having our talent be ready and and prepared and having our team members, you know, engaged is really critical. And so we've been doing a lot of things in terms of really understanding from them what's important. And we've been transparent in our communications and we've been taking action. And what I mean by that is our employee value proposition you know, we've been hearing things relative to benefits and time off. And, and so we made sure that we've adjusted our policies relative to time off for paid parental leave and increased those. We added caregiver leave benefits. We've looked at benefits relative to uh, fertility benefits for, for single individuals as well as LGBTQ. We've really doubled down on investing in our offerings, but then also in taking approaches that Flexibility is a key approach in something we heard. And so we have a model. We are one of the hybrid companies. I I prefer to use the word flexible. We are a flexible organization, and that is in response to what our team members have told us. You sort of answered my next question about how the companies adapted to this workforce in this new environment. 
you know, you joined the company a little over a year before the pandemic really set in. So I can only imagine how much change there's been. But when you talk about hybrid, can you touch on how have you had to adapt performance management for employees in a hybrid environment and where some employees may be fully remote and may never actually physically see their manager for very long periods of time? So the one thing on this topic, and I feel pretty passionately about it, is that there were people who were remote before the pandemic. So yes, things have shifted in terms of the number of people maybe who are more remote or the number of people who work you know, in a more flexible model in terms of days in the office versus days out of the office. But whenever you hear a lot of people, and I, and I hear a lot of them, other leaders of other companies who are saying, you know, we need to mandate people get back into the office. My caution there is that, you know, the word mandate has to often come with the word consequence. So if you're going to put out a mandate, you really have to be ready to have a consequence that you're ready to enact. And so I'm a strong advocate that companies have to do what's right for their culture. And so the key is that they just need to make a decision on what that is. So the kind of ongoing dialogue about RTO and how do we handle it and what do you do? I mean, you're either going to be the flexible company or you're going to be the mandate company or you're going to be something in between or whatever that is. Whatever it is, decide and move on and run your business. You know, back to what had to change about performance management. Actually, not much, right? We had a performance management culture before. And I think when you start to tie this concept that, well, if people are working remotely, they're not working. There, there may be performance problems. That's really not the case, right? So performance isn't a geography issue. Performance is a management and leadership issue. And so if they weren't performing when they were at home, I can kind of assure you, if you bring them into the office, they're probably still not going to perform. <laughs> so I think it's really important to understand what we're trying to solve for here. And do we have to invest, and we have as a company, do we have to invest in better training and learning for our managers and employees in terms of how to work uh, to make sure we're still driving an inclusive culture, right? How do you make sure you're not just focused on the people who are in the office when you're in the meeting and that you're clear on directing to people who are on the screen, who are calling in virtually? Do you have to have maybe more communication and, and more training on how to communicate more effectively? Something that says, hey, look, everyone, we're going to have a meeting on Tuesday. It would be great if you could all be in person on Tuesday. Like, let's do our team meeting together on Tuesday. And is there going to be a problem if we're going to do that? And so just having stronger communication stronger dialogue. I would say that you have to train and provide those things to the managers who are saying, well, I'm not sure how to handle this. I have three people out remotely. I have three people in the office. And so we're giving them tools and, and skills to be able to adopt to, to that hybrid environment. But in terms of performance management, the way you manage performance with someone who's in the office should be the way you manage performance with someone who's outside the office. <laughs> So do you see any innate bias, though, in favor of someone who's mostly in that might be an average performer versus someone who's mostly remote, but is a high performer? Do you still see that sort of FaceTime bias at all? Or you've done enough training and education to sort of filter that out most? Yeah, I mean, proximity bias is a real thing. You know, people, you know, who's the one walking the hall trying to catch you know, people and network. But I think performance goes beyond, you know, FaceTime. I, I really think for companies that do it well and companies that have 
processes and, and AB is a company that we have a performance management process. We have a talent review process. We have identification of our high performers, high potentials. You know, I do hope that just because somebody's around the office more frequently, the concept that they, they must be a better performer is kind of going by the wayside. I think, you know, the better performance shows in their output and their outcomes, right? And are they highly collaborative? Are they? And for me, I actually ask people to model the flexible environment. I'm sitting here in my home office. And so if there's somebody running around the office, you know, looking to make FaceTime with me, they're going to be disappointed that I'm in home office doing my work with my team. And, and I find being remote drives more inclusion because I can put more people in meetings on my screen virtually, and I can engage with more people more frequently than I would if I'm just sitting in a, you know, confined conference room or in my, in my office. Well, maybe that employee looking for some FaceTime with you will drive to your house and bring you lunch. I wouldn't encourage that, but what I would encourage is that they use all the tools available to us. Shoot me an IM, shoot me a text, shoot me an email, or just call me and, and say, hey, Solana. And, and that's really how we work. I, you know, My team will shoot me a text and say, hey, can I get 10 minutes today? Absolutely. And then we hop on the video screen and we're not chasing each other down. Um, but I don't want to say all that without saying, you know, there's benefit to being in the office as well, because there is, right? There is this sense of collaboration, innovation that really happens when you're kind of in a room going through things, you know, face to face all day, which is why the flexible model is so important, because there are going to be days where you are going to have just nonstop meetings all day. And if you kind of say to someone, you must be in the office to sit in your office and do video meetings all day, that usually defeats the purpose. But if you say, hey, we're having a team meeting today, we're not going to be in front of our screens, we're going to be working around a white table or a smart table, and we want to really brainstorm and you know get casual, get to know you or do something for the community or a volunteer event or, or something just in an engaging way, obviously, there's benefit to doing that in person. Well, Silvana Pataglia, I have learned a lot today. Thank you so much for sharing your insights and carving out some time to be with us. I really appreciate it. Alan, it's been a true pleasure. I really thank you for having me on. You've been listening to the Talent Pool podcast. I'm your host, Alan Kaplan from Kaplan Partners. If you'd like to hear more from our guests or learn about our firm, visit kaplanpartners.com. Thank you for joining us. <music>